0: We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at CreekwoodUMC or our website CreekwoodUMC.org for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God. The
1: scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Now when all people... Were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I have to tell you that one of my very favorite things about the liturgical season of Lent is seeing and hearing the ways that others spiritually prepare for celebrating the resurrection. Our spiritual gifts and our growing edges are just as different as the vast variety of general talent and struggles that are found in this room and everyone streaming online with us this morning. We're also different, and even though We aren't all even worshiping in the same place this morning. We all belong to the body of Christ. So far in this series of praying through Lent and learning these different ways to pray, we've covered the prayer that goes before, prayer as a blessing, prayer by ourselves, and prayer for the next generation. Today, as we continue to this journey through our series we're learning to pray with the sacraments. Now, Pastor David summed up beautifully what we're looking at this morning, that finding the holy in the ordinary is exactly what celebrating sacraments is all about. Now, I'm sure that some of these prayer practices that we've touched on this morning, some have felt comfortable and familiar, and maybe others have been a stretch and something that perhaps you've had difficulty putting into your daily routine. I know for myself that prayer as a blessing and um, some of prayer with the sacrament, which you'll hear today, come more easily to me. And I have to admit that prayer by ourselves was the one that I struggled with um, and took that week to really focus on learning ways to do that better for me. I'm quite the extrovert, so I know that you'll be very surprised that sitting still is something I struggle with. We all have the ones that come naturally and the places where we learn to grow and we're on that journey together, which is what makes this series so special. Now, regardless of how much history we have with prayer practices or even the sacrament, we find evidence of these very sacramental practices that we celebrate in communion in scripture, going way before even Jesus walked the earth. There are references likened to baptism that are found all the way back in the Old Testament. Mosaic law, found in Leviticus chapters 13 through 15, strictly distinguishes between clean and unclean. Water has long been one of the means used for ritual purity. Persons who were unclean in a religious sense were subject to a bath of purification to become clean again. Ezekiel 16.9 mentions a washing with water and anointing with oil through which Jerusalem was received into a covenant of salvation. This is also understood as a reference to holy baptism and water with sealing. Likewise, the situation in the Aramaic commander Naaman also can be related to baptism. At the instruction of the prophet Elisha, the leper washed himself by dipping his body seven times into the river Jordan and the disease abated, 2 Kings 5, 1-14. This is also another symbol of the washing away and becoming clean. In addition, of course, to today's account in the Gospel of Luke, there are many other New Testament references. Matthew 3.11 quotes Jesus saying, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Just like these, there are references to Holy Communion in even the Old Testament. Exodus 16, manna came from heaven when the crowds were hungry, after Moses and Aaron led them out of Egypt, sustaining them when they thought surely they may starve. We know the Gospels hold several accounts of Jesus' actions during what we know as the Last Supper, which are also now in the liturgy we use for Communion that you'll hear this morning. Apostle Paul also recounts in Corinthians 11, 17 through 34, Jesus' actions of giving the disciples bread and cup this night before his crucifixion. All of these accounts are evidence of some form of actions of the very sacrament we celebrate today. And why is that? Because the sacrament is using these ordinary objects we find every single day, to find the holy where God exists among us. The UMC definition of sacrament says something consecrated or holy. Traditionally, a Christian ordinance is a manifesting an inward spiritual grace by an outward and visible sign. So God working in us, that we recognize by something that we can see all the time. And you can see how that's something that would appeal to us humans because we thrive on things that we can experience with our senses, that we can see and touch and feel, which is why sometimes God feels far away to us. Because we go within ourselves to pray and try to feel and hear God among us. But when we can use these ordinary objects to be a reminder of the very holy that is present, it becomes something we can put into our everyday life. So the sacraments are a bridge of the sacred with the ordinary. We feel God's presence while encountering the ordinary elements of water and bread and juice. And this is exactly why we can find evidence of sacrament all the way back In the Old Testament, because water was existent at creation. Manna has been used to feed generations as long as we know bread. Juice was an ordinary thing that was found. But what actually happens in these sacraments? As we learn to pray the sacraments this morning, we're going to go through the liturgy that we use for baptism and communion, and remind ourselves what's actually happening, because it is more than the ordinary elements we see in front of us, but it's God's presence and action and movement within them. So what happens in baptism? We're initiated into Christ's holy church. We're incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. We're given new birth through water in the Spirit. In what ways Do we remind ourselves of this work in our everyday life, though? Most of us have experienced being in worship on a morning that someone is baptized, and we hear these words said by our pastors and repeated by the parents of the child or the person being baptized themselves. We've all heard that before. But I invite you to listen to some of these words again. And hear how they connect with the ordinary things of our life. And find where those reminders are in your everyday routine. So that when you look at things like a glass of water on your nightstand. Or you sit and break bread with your family. May it be a dinner roll or a pastry. You're reminded that God is present even in those ordinary things. When we pray through our baptismal vows, we accept the freedom and power that God gives us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. We find all these words in our United Methodist Book of Worship. We find that they come from Scripture, and that's how they landed there. But listen to them again this morning and see how they connect with your life. When, at other points, have you confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and the promise to serve him as your Lord. In union with the church, that Christ has opened to all people, ages, nations, and races. Maybe this is a moment when you sat with someone of a different faith than yourself, and you share your belief in Jesus. And in that belief, you share love and grace to other people that extends beyond yourself. That you love past the differences we have with each other. That you extend grace and forgiveness even when you're frustrated about something that someone might have done. This is when we put these words into action. The sponsors in baptism are asked how they will support, if they will support and encourage these candidates in their Christian life. And while these sponsors ask this question, the congregation is also asked, as a Christ body in the church, to not only reaffirm their rejection of sin and commitment to Christ, but also to nurture one another in the Christian faith. Now, we say these words and we know that they're important and they're part of our faith coming to life. But what does that look like in our everyday life? Well, have you ever taught Sunday school? Have you ever sat in your Sunday school class with other adults and shared a piece of your life that might connect with someone else's? Have you noticed that someone at work or someone in your family is struggling and maybe just having a hard time making sense of life and took the extra time to show up for them, to say a prayer when they don't see you, to check in and ask them how they are, but stop and wait for an actual response, maybe more than just, good, I'm fine, how are you? Nurturing someone else is when we put in that effort, the same effort that God, Jesus, put into us. Taking the extra time, loving a little more. The beautiful thing about these words is that they are a covenant. And this covenant is not just one that God has with us, not just a promise of God's to love us and forgive us and be present with us, but when we take these vows, whether it's in baptism, in communion, like later today, we are committing that in our everyday lives, not just when we're sitting in worship and celebrating the sacraments, that we will do these things, that we'll accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that we will do everything we can to resist the powers of evil and injustice, and that we will nurture other people and show the love and grace that is shown to us. When we experience God, we're filled with that presence in a way that we can't help but let it overflow into the people around us. And we need that more often than just the time that we celebrate the sacrament. When we pray communion liturgy, there's an invitation. And it begins with inviting us to celebrate the sacrament together. And the pastor will remind us of our open communion table that we make accessible to every person because every person is a child of God. There's a confession and a pardon in which we admit our own mistakes to ourselves and make a promise to repent and make them right. Now, we do that during communion, but we also do this during our everyday life. Now, think for a second, when's the last mistake that you noticed yourself? David teased with us this morning during his children's time about stumbling or taking off his mic. But he said that out loud, and he kind of joked, and it invited us and the children that were present with him to know that when we make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. But when we recognize that mistake and we invite God into it, grace and love can be poured through it instead of it just feeling like a mark on ourselves. After the confession and pardon, we move to a great thanksgiving, and we give thanks to God what God has given us. When do you do that throughout your daily lives? Do you pray before you eat? Do you perhaps have a family prayer time in the evening where you talk about your day and the things that have actually happened and what you're thankful for and what you're praying to come? This is a piece of how the great Thanksgiving lives throughout our life. And then we pray the Lord's Prayer together. And in this, we remind ourselves of our fundamental beliefs. God, the creator. Jesus, the redeemer. The virgin birth. Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. God as the only judge. The Holy Spirit's constant presence with us. The universal church, much bigger than the one that we attend. The communion of saints that go before us. The forgiveness of sins. And God's promise of everlasting life. And then we break the bread together. And in that moment, we remember what Jesus did with his disciples. That he took the ordinary that would have been on every table, not something fancy or special that only certain people would have access to, but the bread and the wine that everyone would have. And he used them as a symbol of his presence, his body given for them in sacrifice and his blood of the new covenant of love and grace available for us that we live today and pass on to others. Often we think of prayer as this formal thing that happens during sacrament or maybe only as communication with God which feels like that needs to be auditory but when we recognize that God's holy presence is why we need to connect with God in prayer we know that it's more than the words we say or where we are or what we do but it's knowing that God is in that moment and this is why a sacrament bridges the gap for us. It bridges the sacred and holy. It bridges what feels like something unattainable to us and gives us a symbol of something we see all the time so that we are reminded that God never leaves us. Now in the United Methodist Church, communion and baptism, these sacraments, are presided over by an elder in our church, a pastor to be sure that they're done correctly and they're not used as something that could possibly be, bring harm to anyone else. But we have to remember that it doesn't make them unattainable throughout our life and in between the times that we celebrate sacrament together. That the very point is that they are something ordinary. And they teach us over time, each time that we practice them, to find God in the spaces that that might be difficult. Praying with the sacraments is so much more than bowing our heads once a month in worship when the elements are present, or even the prayer we say with each person that's baptized into our congregation. These are countless prayerful, powerful moments in which we uphold the covenant that we made at our own baptism or that our parents made on our behalf. And throughout our lives, We relive these moments as we pray with each person baptized in our congregation, as we vow to support them with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. But these moments also are times we can feel the Holy Spirit. They might be your morning quiet time with your coffee on your porch, which some others might possibly look as time wasted not doing other things. Or maybe yourself. But in that time, if you use it to stop and connect with the Holy Spirit, find the Holy Spirit around you. If you start taking note of the things that are around you and you feel God, the next time you see and recognize these ordinary things, it might be God that you think of. If your morning coffee time on the porch becomes a time that you know you can be reminded of God's creation in the chirping of the birds or watch that sunrise and know that only God could make something so beautiful and create it to happen every day. And then suddenly this coffee on the porch time can be a time where you can experience a piece of the holy in the ordinary. The same is true with the prayer time that you might take throughout the day. It might be a walk at lunch. It might be a moment that you bow your head at your desk and pray over your food before you eat. And you're reminded that the food that you use to feed yourself is a practice that's been happening for as long as we have recording of human history. These elements of sacrament may only be present in worship from time to time. But the spiritual work that we do to maintain our part of God's covenant in relationship is something that needs daily attention. Every other type of prayer that we've focused on so far is an element in a piece of praying with the sacrament. Because sacraments are a reminder of the holy things That we can see in the ordinary and experience in the ordinary. God's with us all the time, just like God never left Jesus in his time on earth. But those breakthrough moments where we ordinary humans get a glimpse of the holy are breathtaking and centering, just like it was in today's scripture that I want to remind us of. I read these words again from the Gospel of Luke. Now, when all the people were baptized, And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Jesus was gathered praying with the people shortly before he was baptized, doing what he did, an ordinary everyday task. And then in this moment of being baptized with water, the Holy Spirit appeared in a form that people could see, a dove. They had seen doves before. They were maybe an ordinary thing, but knowing that a dove was present in that moment, just over Jesus's shoulder, as these words began to be spoken from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, With you I am well pleased. That wasn't ordinary. That was a glimpse of the holy in a bird maybe they had seen a hundred times before. But because of where it showed up and the presence of God that was recognized through it, it was something holy. And an account that we can read now and remind ourselves that ordinary water Jesus was baptized with brought the presence of the holy spirit just like it brings for us today as we enter into communion i'd like to do so just like jesus did and enter into a moment of prayer together and invite you in this moment of prayer you can close your eyes when we begin to pray you can do so now maybe open your hands Find a comfortable place in your seat, whether you're here in the sanctuary or home, in the car, on the couch. Center yourself for just a moment. I'm going to give us a brief moment of silence before we lift each other up in prayer and ask God to be present with us. And I ask you to take this moment to visualize Jesus showing up in exactly the way you need today. Whether that be seeing Jesus with his hands open to you. Maybe seeing Jesus with his hand extended, giving a blessing of encouragement or a request for healing. Maybe it's just picturing Jesus sitting in the seat next to you and remembering that he never leaves, just like God. Let's take a moment of silence and pray together before we enter into the sacrament of Holy Communion. Loving God, we know that you are present with us today. We ask as we pray before experiencing Your holy presence in the sacrament. We ask to feel your presence this morning. As we take a deep breath in, may we imagine that as you filling our lungs, just like the first breath you breathed into us. And God, as we picture Jesus looking at us, sitting with us, extending his hands to us, may we know that that love and grace that pours from Jesus is also a task of ours to pass on to our neighbor. And as we participate in the sacrament this morning of Holy Communion, may we be reminded that we go out of this place to share that very love and grace we receive with everyone that we meet. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at CreekwoodUMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.